You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is here with me. Got an action-packed episode today. Because it's that evening, it was officially announced by the Los Angeles Chargers that Jim Harbaugh, after nine seasons running the Michigan football team, is heading back to the NFL, where he'll be head coach for the Chargers. Got a lot to talk about, so we'll dive mostly right in. I think some of the things that we'll discuss is is the decision, kind of the immediate reaction to it, uh, how we'll remember the Harbaugh era at Michigan. What does Michigan do next? Where does Sharon Moore fit into things? Spoiler alert, we both think that that hire should be made pretty soon. You know, where does Jesse Minter or where does the defensive coordinator search go from here? Uh, And then also maybe some of the other things on Michigan's checklist after this move. And Steve, I don't think this is, is allowed to be called a shock just because it had been teased for three years and really by the media for like basically since he arrived in Ann Arbor. And he'd obviously, he was in L.A. yesterday for, for a second interview. So you knew that th- things were heating up. But obviously, actually actually seeing the rumors for it and actually seeing him do it, a uh, little bit different. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think it became clear to me that he really wanted to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I know there's been reports. I think, I, I'm guessing Michigan kind of leaked it to show that they, that they gave it a solid effort, but you know, Michigan, what Michigan was offering was uh, a very compelling. I mean, it's about as much as you can realistically offer in terms of a contract, but I, I do think Harbaugh, his desire to win in the NFL, win a Super Bowl, It's something that, that he came very close to when he was in San Francisco. Um, and he had accomplished pretty much everything he could accomplish at Michigan. 15 and 0 national championship does not really, there's no higher note you can leave on. But Steve, your initial reaction when you saw the news and and some of your early thoughts. Not just the natty, uh, three straight Big Ten championships too, which, you know, like to him, I think is, I mean, obviously winning it all is the is the primary goal for every major program every year. But, I, you know, I think kind of shifting the uh, momentum in, in it within the conference, I think is as, as big of an accomplishment if you consider how great – Ohio State was year in and year out when he took the job compared to where Michigan was, right? In a way, it, it's funny. It, it kind of, in a way, turned out. You remember the old, wasn't Dabo Swinney like 0-5 versus South Carolina or something his first uh, five years? And then he, you know, sure. like, yeah. and we, I remember we used to talk about that when Michigan, when he was 0-4, 0-5 against Ohio State, was like, it takes time uh, to do this, so... Not just the national championship, three straight Big Ten titles. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how many 
guys. Uh, what is it? Michigan has the most pros in the in the in the two championship games. Yeah, they have combined. eleven players on rosters. I think that does include a couple practice like, squad guys, but but there's okay. a lot of starters in the NFL. And if you give him this year's draft, where I think yeah, multiple right. outlets project Michigan to have 14 players drafted, and someone like Carson Barnhart could sneak in there too. I mean, you're going to be looking at close to 70 players drafted during Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan, right. uh, which is just darn Crazy. impressive. In yeah. the seven years prior, I believe, or eight drafts prior, I believe it was 21 players drafted. So you're talking about a, just a complete revamp of, of, you know, and he didn't even recruit that much better. He just developed talent. He just, you know, developed a, a program in which every player would have an opportunity to go pro. There was not a single scholarship player that walked into Michigan's facilities and didn't believe that they, they, they had the resources and the coaching to become a professional football player. And that's, that's really hard to do when you're not recruiting nine top 100 recruits every year. Right. Um, very impressive. You know, the thing, the thing that people will always be left to wonder is like, you know, could Michigan have won like three or four national championships if they had Georgia's roster every year, or Ohio State's roster every year, you know, with Jim Harbaugh's head coach? We used, I mean, to me, I mean, clear as day to me by the end of his tenure, best coach in college football, not, not the best talent accumulator, right? That's how some other guys have been able to win national championships because you are able to accumulate insane amounts of talent for three or four year periods. That's just as a pure coach. Uh, I think it was Jim Harbaugh by the end of his of his the end of his tenure. I mean, you even go back to 2016, 2017 against Ohio State, where Michigan clearly they outcoached Ohio State in those games, but the talent discrepancy was so slanted and 16. I mean, both those teams are really talented and that, that game was a classic, but you think of like 17 where you're a John O'Corn arm punt away, you know, for, with a wide open Zach Gentry, you, you possibly win that game when the talent discrepancy that season was just massive after Michigan lost peppers and, and, and Monet and Wormley and all those guys uh, in the, in the draft, you know, but as an in-game coach, I mean, it's just, Proof that it takes it that no matter how big your program is, it takes a while to dig yourself out. Even then, though, Michigan 2015, you know, I guess it didn't really take him that long, but to get all the way over the hump, you know, can take it's it's not an instant fix. So yeah, I mean, those are kind of the things that I think about, knowing that this is finally over. I think it's I do think a sense of relief. You know, and we'll talk about Sharon Moore almost assuredly being the replacement. I, I mean, I, I I think having some, when I say stability, I mean, you know, we probably aren't going to have to do this again for at least at least a few years, right? Um, and I know covering recruiting specifically, I mean, it's been, we're reporting on the, the places they're stopping. They have made a few scholarship offers the last few days, which is, you know, that's, this is what teams normally do in January, but we're, you know, I think Texas is hosting like 80 kids for a junior day on Saturday, or they did on last Saturday or something. It's like, you know, coming off a national championship, Michigan is, has been giving away their Januaries as Harbaugh kind of has gone through this the last three seasons 
you know, and, and now Michigan won't really have to do that. Uh, you know, so like I said, we'll get into it, but, but at the same time, there is a, I don't know, relief isn't really the right word, but just kind of a, okay. Like if it felt of, inevitable, it's better this week than in two weeks. Right. Exact. hundred percent. Yes. So, you know, kind of one of those, okay, it's done. Time to move on. I say the other thing though, real quick. It feels like they won the national championship like six months ago at this point already. It's ridiculous. Like it just feels like it's it was forever yeah. ago already that they won, and that's it's sad uh, because of how great this year's team was and 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 how exciting and fun it was to watch them kind of get to the top of the mountain and everything. And not blaming Jim or anything. I know this is the NFL carousel. This is that time of the year. That's how it goes. But it's like this whole. This whole situation, in a way, has really taken away from uh, the team's accomplishments. Uh, you see it on our site every day. Uh, there's more discussion about what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not. Season. It's it. No, no diss on our message board, but the general tenor all. is not like a victory lap message board. It's very much like what's going on. Yeah, what's happening? All it's that quiet, you know. So yeah, so in that in that regard, also. You know, I don't know if it'll if it will or not. Maybe it'll bring the focus back to the fact that Michigan just won three straight freaking Big Ten championships and a national championship. That's the best stretch of Michigan football probably ever, and unless you go way, way, way back. Yeah, just you'd have to go back 120 years, right? So, um, so yeah. So then you know a renewed, hopefully a renewed focus on what what was actually accomplished this year. But then yes, also. Again, we assume that Sharon Moore will be the, the guy to take over. I got to think or I got to hope for Michigan's sake that they hit the recruiting trail like crazy now the last the next couple weeks here. And, uh, well, until the dead – I can't remember the dead period starts. I'm like, it's like a week and a half or something. You know, like I think it's like next Friday. But so – but either way, you got to do something with that time now because – you're otherwise now you're then you're going and you're gonna wait until the spring you know and i'm not saying that the yep. luster from the national title will have worn off at that point i don't really think it will but this last couple weeks these last couple weeks and next week should have been a michigan should be on fire on the recruiting trail right now so hopefully however they go about it they're able to salvage some of that momentum coming off of uh, such a big season and and uh yeah we'll definitely talk about you know what michigan can do because I do think they have an opportunity to build momentum. Obviously, replacing Jim Harbaugh is a tough task. That you know, that that's not done easily. I don't even know if you realistically can expect Sharon Moore to one to one replace Jim Harbaugh. Just, I mean, this was Harbaugh's what twentieth season as a head coach, and he's coaching the NFL. So, so you know, they'll be they'll be learning curves, I suppose, and with different coaches and new roles. But there, there are ways Michigan can build momentum quickly, in my opinion. We'll talk about that in a moment. Real quick, just to kind of, before we turn the page, you know, you brought up a lot of really good points about the, the talent development that Jim Harbaugh brought. And I think, you know, I've been thinking about this since the championship, and it was one of those things where they actually, I almost had the column ready, and then they, they all of a sudden we were on Harbaugh watch, and I was like, all right, well, I can't, drop this column without and then Harbaugh takes you know I need I needed some closure and I think what really 
stood out to me about Jim Harbaugh's tenure, because I my first year on the beat was that 2015 season. And I think back to his opening press conference. I'm sure the listeners remember vaguely, but he comes in with this this hoarse voice and he stumbles on his way up and he he, you know, he's kind of his opening statement is really just like a lesser man would have fallen or a lesser man, you know, would have struggled. And and I feel like from that point on, what Jim Harbaugh did that made him one of made this one of the greatest 21st century head coaching tenures. I know people will look at, at other programs that won ma- multiple national titles, but you do have to think about where Michigan was 46 and 42 in the seven years prior uh, one top 20 finish in the seven years prior and to where they are now and to do it with, again, without being able to recruit top five, top three classes. And I think what Jim Harbaugh did throughout his tenure, it was an ongoing mission to make Michigan football the toughest program in America, mentally and physically. You know, he he brought in the workman shirts, the blue collar workman shirts for players. That was an, a, an opportunity that players could earn. You know, I think back to his post-game press conference after the Ohio State loss, or maybe it was 2018. It was right before he hired Ben Herbert and basically was like, we need to get stronger. We need to get tougher. You know, this is, this is, uh, it was really one of the few times that he critiqued his program. And, and you constantly heard about, you know, a football guy, you know, the different players that he liked. I mean, he loved, all he wanted was Michigan to be a team full of players who could shrug off outside noise, who could shrug off, you know, the, the bumps and bruises that happen with football I think Ben Herbert was a perfect mitt uh, match for that because you know everyone talks about his different exercises and really the common theme is is one everything's football oriented and two you know his, his whole mantra is doesn't matter how cold it is doesn't matter how hot it is you know you are you are here to work and football is not a not a sport for for the weak-minded for the weak-bodied uh for the weak-souled <laughs> and and I really think you know as soon as he got the toughest team in America, I think that's when you start. That's when Michigan started to become the best team in America. You think about the last three years, Georgia has maybe a couple more wins, one more national title, but there's no one, there's been no one better. And Michigan has beaten Ohio state three times. They beat Alabama. They've really exercised a lot of those demons. They started winning on road games. They started dominating road games. They started dominating top 10 opponents. And, you know, you and I were talking before we hit record this season, I feel like really showed Michigan's physical toughness. Of course, I mean they're a blue collar, gritty football team, and how they play defense, their offensive line, their run game. You know, even JJ McCarthy, I know he's like a five star guy, he's a quarterback, whatever. But even he had some pretty gritty plays at times this season. But really, I think the mental toughness that it's it's no accident uh, that Michigan, you know, was able to be a team that that really did shrug a lot of things off. I mean, fans remember what social media looked like, what you, know, you couldn't turn on the TV without someone who hasn't talked about college football all year admonishing, you know, what Michigan did or, you know, regarding the sign gate, regarding burger gate and Michigan just really shrugged it off. And, you know, a couple of the coaches who have been at Michigan for a while or who had been at the early stages of, of Michigan football, and the later stages of Michigan football, you know, talking to them, what they they said really the biggest difference is this team was full of Jim Harbaugh guys. It was a team full of Jim Harbaugh's. It was players who wanted to be tough, who who didn't really care about the the rankings, the stats, the 
I mean, think about how many players had worse stats than they normally get or that they, they could get at another program. You know, they just wanted to – they just really loved the discipline, the contact, the physicality, the toughness required to be a good football team. And I think, you know, it probably took a couple years longer than Michigan fans would have hoped, but I feel like you can point to every single step of Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan – and I feel like that was the common denominator. He built Michigan to be the toughest team in America. And then as soon as they had that, they were the best team in America. And that's the difference. That's how you make up for, you know, the the stars, the recruiting ratings. You know, that's how you make up for the perceived talent differential is Michigan just out-toughed every single team that they played this year. And really, the past two years, they didn't beat Ohio State. I mean, I guess in 2022, there were, there were some big plays, but you think about the first half of all those games, that was gritty, tough, disciplined football. Michigan was just a tougher team, mentally, physically, emotionally, than everyone on their schedule this year. And uh, very impressive, very impressive. I think, you know, I remember 2018, 2019, Steve, you and I would do these podcasts, and certainly 2020, you know, there was a part of us, whether we explicitly said it or not, that wondered, hey, maybe Michigan can't close this gap with Ohio State. Because it, it seemed like the Buckeyes were just going at a different speed. But I think Harbaugh showed that if you have the tougher team, the grittier team, the more mentally sound team, the team that that wants to play that football game more, you can accomplish, a, you can you can bridge that gap. So I'm very impressed by by this season, what, what Jim Harbaugh has been able to do. Um, you know, I think, I'm sure fans are feeling all sorts of different emotions, but Boy, what a what a high note to go out on and what a what a place to leave Michigan in. Now certainly a lot of starters are going to have to be replaced. The, you know, there I I could buy the notion that next year might be a rebuilding year. But if you're Michigan, I think there are steps you can take to maximize the opportunity you have right now. There are a couple things working in Michigan's favor and then there are a couple things Michigan can do to maximize that. We'll talk about that on the other side. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, Steve, you and I have kind of teased it. There's really no reason for Michigan to wait to hire Sharon Moore. I think he he embodies a lot of the toughness, the discipline, the grit that Jim Harbaugh wanted in Michigan's culture. I think he's a great culture fit. I think he's a great leader. I still think back to when he was first hired as tight ends coach. I believe he was Michigan's only hire from a MAC program. You know, usually they were hiring guys from the NFL or from other power five teams. I believe he might've been the only Mac to Michigan 
higher. But right away, he was turning heads with with how hard he was coaching the players. I mean, they could run the drill perfectly, and he'd find things to, to you know, kind of get on players about. But then as that spring went on, I want to say it was the spring of 2018, the players were responding so well to him, and they just, they loved Sharon Moore. I mean, it was it was like, it, he was their, their favorite coach ever. And I think back to, you know, Sharon Moore always talks about the mantra, coach them hard, love them harder. I think that's, I think he's exactly who Michigan should be looking for in a head coach. It, it doesn't hurt his cause that there's not really a great outside can like Kalen DeBoer just took a new job. Jed Fish just took a new job. But, but even with that, even if they were viable candidates, I mean, Sharon Moore, I think he would keep the culture in place. I think he would keep the offensive identity in place. And I think he's been at Michigan long enough to know what's going to work at Michigan. You know, he'll, he'll certainly have things that he wants to tweak or modify or change, but, but he, he knows that this doesn't need a reset. He doesn't need to, you know, pull the plug and, and start it back up again. And he just needs to kind of keep coaching the way he's coaching, keep coaching the way Jim Harbaugh's coaching. You know, I think, I think the sooner Michigan makes this announcement, and who knows, maybe by the time this gets published, they will have made the announcement. But I think that's an A-plus hire. I mean, it's to the point, Steve, I don't think you and I, I don't think our staff is going to write a hot board for this job because it really, the hot board would begin and end with Sharon Moore, in my opinion. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'd be, I mean, honestly, being honest, it'd, it'd be kind of disingenuous, I feel like, to post a hot board, at least right now, right? Unless... Start yeah, hearing. it wouldn't. Uh, it, it's not really being honest to the fans because I don't think Michigan will consider other coaches. I, I'm sure I we'll certainly see. Don't think they should. I'm sure we'll see hot boards. Well, I know Brian more. Kelly has managed to get his name out there a little bit. It sounds like <laughs> yeah. PJ Fleck has as well. Uh, sure. I mean, just, these just hire yeah. Sharon, man. I no, mean, the more I, you look at those lists, the more it's like, nope, nope, nope. I agree. I agree. Brian Kelly would not be a good fit in Ann Arbor. Um, but yeah. Slam dunk. Uh, you go into Happy Valley. And so here's the thing. It's not only that Michigan won those games. It's that they won those games. Like that, you know, with 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 Sharon as the head coach. It's the It was the fact of, of being able to keep. And don't get me wrong. Having legitimate leadership on the actual roster, too, I think makes a big difference. But yeah, a little bit to... of a self-driving car this season. I right? know Jesse Minter made that analogy when he had his turn as interim coach, but to, to that still... thing could that ship could have could have wobbled in a lot of different directions, and they really right. didn't. No. To to see them see him, yeah, keep things steady, kind of be that steady hand for them when when yeah, I think even with that leadership, you just you know, you never know because I mean this this team this year went through things that like a normal team doesn't really ever go through. And that's all the while knowing they're fully capable of accomplishing the ultimate goal. Right. So I I think that, that, I mean, just the fact that it's, it's just clear as day that Jim almost felt like looking back that this was almost by design for, for the, the way that he's talked about Sharon Moore. I mean, he's, he's, Trying to think of what when it was, there was a long. I mean, he had a few, but there was one long, really, really long quote uh, about about more that to me right away. I'm like, yeah, it's like it feels like he wants almost wants him to be the guy to take over. Yeah, it was it was actually like leaves. a few years ago. 
he might have had another one. We might be thinking of two different scenarios, but I, I want to say like before the 2021 season, he like kind of dropped similar to what Brian Kelly did with Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, like kind of like a he'll probably be the next head coach here. And right. this I think this was this was before this season, because I do think being put on that stage does help soothe concerns, I guess, from from the athletic department standpoint, like clearly this is someone the, the moment's not going to be too big for him. But yeah, Harbaugh's felt this way for a while, and that's why he hired him or he promoted him to offensive line coach. And Sharon Moore had never coached offensive line before. And in his first two seasons, he won Joe Moore awards. So just kind of feels like, I mean, I, I just, obviously I just think if Jim had his choice, it would be Sharon. And I think that matters. Not saying that Jim's, it's not a control thing in that regard. It's that anybody who's associated with you, I mean, Jim's going to have the the best interest of the future of the program at heart. Right. And he's not going to just recommend a guy because he, likes him or whatever. I mean, I, re- I think he really truly is, has believed. And, and again, I mean, we're talking a wild, <laughs> I just saw uh, our old, our friend Scott Bell tweet. And I didn't, I didn't really realize this, but uh, Jim and Sharon are the only two yeah. Big 10 head coaches to beat Ryan day. I saw that. Uh, <laughs> like That's pretty fun. That's pretty crazy. You think about it. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah, so, you know, I guess, you, I guess you can't help but think in a weird way, the suspensions and stuff really made Michigan, will probably in the end, at the end of the day, make Michigan feel very comfortable in, in making this higher and creating a much smoother transition uh, than, yeah, than doing an outside search. Again, I mean, DeBoer has got his feet on the ground now in Tuscaloosa, but I mean, you look at a lot. Look at all the guys that left, right? You're and you're talking. We're talking about Alabama football. Um, guys like Caleb Downs, transfers Ohio State. Like guys, you know, some of their better players left town. Uh, if Michigan was to go outside of the program, I and mean, I'm not saying you make a in program hire just for that, you know, again. Sharon's proven capable already. I mean, he's, he was the head coach for four games this year and won their two toughest games regular season. Uh, you know, but yeah, it just, if in Michigan, you're almost in a fortunate position given the circumstances, right? Because if if you had to look outside, you know, yeah, you're you're a week and a half away from a dead period. Like you just be, it would just be very chaotic. Whereas now you almost have to think that there've been contingency plans at least imagined right or or just just you know yep. you don't you don't think that Sharon Moore for the last few weeks if not longer I mean, who knows what Jim has maybe said about what his intentions were or what he's his what his feelings are about the future in, in the NFL uh, that he hasn't you know been brainstorming knowing that you know I could possibly be the next guy what would I what am I going to do how what would I would I do this differently? That type of thing. So, you know, in a lot of ways, Michigan may end up being very fortunate out of this. Uh, and I, I already wrote, you know, that I think a smooth transition like this will mitigate a lot of the potential roster hits uh, that yes. other programs have 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 gone through, you know. And uh, given, the, given the fact that you have an expanded playoff next year, Michigan's defense, and we'll talk about, that situation, I think, still, but they should still be 
should still be an elite defense next year, no matter who's coordinating. Like it's a team that still has some legitimate goals next year, even with you're talking 14 plus potential draft picks, Michigan still got a lot of talent. So um, it's not, it's to me, it's not necessary. It's not a rebuild. Uh, it would be a rebuild if, like I said, you go outside and you, you, I think then the portal becomes a real problem. Then maybe you're talking about a rebuild because Michigan's not going to like rebuild. They're not going to maybe rebound as quickly as DeBoer has at Alabama with keeping some guys on board. They just got their five-star receiver commit back after he decommitted a couple weeks ago. Like, I don't know if Michigan has that same cachet as far well, as. Well, they'll the never person. be able to bring in 30 transfers. Right. Well, yeah. Exactly. They just won't. I mean, I, I don't say I don't think Michigan should, you know, use the academics excuse like a crutch, but like they don't get to do what Ole Miss does or what Colorado did or, you know, what some other programs do. I mean, they they they, they can take transfers, but it's not going to be 30 plus. So, yeah. So all things considered, this this may end up end up being about as smooth as possible for for Michigan. Uh you know, which is all you can ask for coming off of, you know, what would have been, what would be disappointing is, yeah, to see it all blown up after, you know, and, and then the questions would start, you know, whereas like, why can't Michigan hang on to a guy like, like Alabama was able to hang on to Saban or what it looks like George will be able to hang on to Kirby Smart. Now, granted, those guys, I mean, Saban had his cup of coffee in the NFL, but those guys aren't really desired by the pros. Uh, we don't ever hear Kirby Smart's name mentioned. Uh, for pro jobs, but still, you know, I think then that, that negativity starts to seat back in like, Oh, is this the best it's ever going to be? Um, and that may be, cause again, we you're talking, we had to go back a hundred plus years to see for Michigan to do what they've done the last few years. But now I think with, with a smooth transition and a guy that's already coached the team in, in some of their toughest games, you know, I think it just, it increases the chances that you can kind of keep this thing, on the tracks and keep it going. Also the recruiting side too, which I, I was just going to ask, how about. would you describe Sharon Moore as a recruiter? I, I mean, is he so, someone that could maybe even elevate it? Uh, So yeah, that's, that is the angle and part of this that I am most intrigued and, and excited to see is I do think there's a possibility. Now, Jim was the draw in a lot of ways, right? the opportunity to play for Jim Harbaugh was a big deal. Sharon, I think you're what you're going to see, I think you're going to see a much more tenacious, aggressive approach on the recruiting trail than we've seen in the past. You know, it's, we've always kind of talked. And again, I say this as somebody who's, we almost at the end of the day, we've almost, we love every recruiting class Michigan has signed. And we see it year after year when there's guys who were under recruited or, uh, underrated, underranked, that that turned out to be studs. It's not as if the recruiting hasn't been effective, but there also have been situations under Jim Harbaugh, I feel like, where, you know, just sometimes it felt like Michigan wasn't doing themselves any favors on the recruiting trail, right? And so um, I think there's a possibility that 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 those some of those instances could be eliminated because Sharon has – as far as the guys on staff right now, yeah, I mean Chris Partridge was way up there too. As far as like that that knack for like you have to have a passion. There's there, it's passion. There's an art to it also, and then there's just that ability to connect with kids and their parents. I think Sharon has that in spades. So now being the head guy, 
as the representative. Uh, yeah, I do think we may see again. Well, I don't, you know, we'll see. Like, I just think Michigan. I just think we'll see a more aggressive approach overall. Does that mean they hire more support staff in this situation? I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you could kind of go about that, but I, I, that's the angle I'm most interested and excited. Like I said, to see is is what. You know how does 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 the, where does this change Michigan's approach on the recruiting trail? I do think it. I if I'm at all correct in covering Sharon, I do think it's one area where I do think we may see some some tweaks and some changes that I feel like if we're privy to the details on it, Michigan fans would be uh, accepting of, excited about. Yeah, I mean, I know talking to. To players and everything. I mean, he, he's always a huge hit with the family members. I think he's someone that, you know, I mentioned the coach them hard, love them harder. That really resonates and and his passion, um, not just for football, but for the players, I think really shines through when he does like home visits with with family members and things like that. And you know, it's, it doesn't hurt that he's young. He's a former player himself. You know, he's he's been a part of the uh, the football world, you know, I guess in the, the social media era, I mean, he played for Bob Stoops. So, you know, there's, there's some other draws. I know he's always recruited offensive linemen pretty well. I feel like he's done a pretty nice job evaluating talent on the offensive line too. It feels like he, similar to some of the other assistant coaches and, and Jim Harbaugh as well, they seem to know, you know, cause we always talk like, yes, Michigan has some three stars in their starting lineup, but that's not by accident. I mean, they see Mikey Sainra still and they, they see what he can become. They're not really worried about what he is in high school or what our site or other sites think of him. Uh, you know, they're thinking about what they can turn him into. So, yeah, I think I think he would check pretty much every box. You know, maybe play, play calling is kind of the one, not as much play calling experience as as a typical coach. But but if you can keep this roster intact, because we talk about recruiting for the future classes, but they also do have to recruit their current players. And I mentioned that as my checklist. I'm sure you did too. You know, it's it's really important for Michigan now to meet with current players, especially kind of the, the top guys who might be recruited by other programs right now and, and lay out your plans. You know, what are you going to keep? What are you going to change? I think it's really important. I think Sharon Moore is pretty good at this, but ask the players what they want to see change. If there is anything they want to see change about the program. They won the national title, but I'm sure – you know, this is an opportunity for players to maybe have a voice in in some of the, I guess, the direction that the program goes um, and try to meet their concerns. I mean, if if they're concerned about this and a program that's tampering and reaching out to them in the transfer portal or or via phone uh, is offering this, you know, what, what can Michigan do to keep players intact? Because I, I do think a couple things working in Michigan's favor in terms of players potentially transferring out is one. I don't think any player was surprised by this news. You know, this isn't Nick Saban retiring. This isn't Kalen DeBoer leaving Washington for Alabama. You know, th- this was something that players have kind of answered questions about for three years. And, and you know, the ones that we talked to after the national championship game, you know, they were kind of like, yeah, he's just like us. He wants to go to the NFL. And so I don't think this is like, you know, the, Michigan's not grieving, right? The players are not grieving or, or in shock tonight, you know, so, so that, that helps in terms of not having players panic or jump ship or transfer. The other thing that helps and uh, whether this is fair or not, but most schools add drop deadline 
for the spring semester was this week or the winter semester, I suppose, but uh, the semester between now and, and April. And so, yeah, it, if you're a player entering the portal, committing, moving out of your home in Ann Arbor, moving into another, you know, that's, that's, I mean, you got like 48 hours probably for most of a lot of these schools. Um, so that, that does help. I mean, that's, that's a bummer for players if they really did want to go somewhere else. But, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, I think it's something that, that Michigan, I don't think they'll lose as many players as Washington and Alabama. I don't think that they'll be in a situation where they have to replace, you know, 10 starter, 10 additional key contributors on top of all the players heading to the NFL. Um, it doesn't hurt that Michigan has a lot of starting jobs up for grabs too. You know, if you're a cornerback who was maybe number four, or number five in the, in the rotation last year, you know, you might, you might say, Hey, I'll stick it out this spring, new coaches, potentially new, new regime. I suppose maybe I can fight for a starting job and, and, you know, benefit from this. But so I think it's of minimal concern, but I do think like, I think about like a player like Mason Graham, if I'm a head coach of a top 10 program and I saw tonight's news and I didn't reach out to Mason Graham, I feel like I'm doing my job wrong because right now the NCAA not punishing tampering whatsoever, clearly not a priority for them in terms of rule enforcement. And so Michigan is going to have to guard that. Steve, some of your thoughts on, on the current roster, obviously they they're going to recruit the 2025 class as well. And, and I'm sure they'll try to add some players via the transfer portal in the spring, but your thoughts on, on the current roster retention. I personally think they're actually in, in solid shape if they keep, you know, as many assistants as possible, including Sharon Moore. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, again, I, I go back to the idea that a smooth train, like, I think, yeah, the, I think one of the big things is a lot of these guys on the roster have, they've been through this too, right? It's not just the fans and uh, writing about it. It's like, they've, they've been here for at least, you know, guys like Will Johnson, Mason Graham, et cetera, et cetera, have been here through it at least one time of Jim Harbaugh entertaining NFL offers. So, you know, yeah, I, I, it, it maybe this reaction, same as us, where it's like, when you actually see it take place, you're kind of like, Oh wow, it actually happened. But you're also not like, what? I can't believe this. Uh, so yeah, so, again, a, a, a hiring of more keeps things, keeps a smooth transition. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, you, you other schools won't be doing their job if they're not, and the NCAA is not. The NCAA seems more inclined to punish schools uh, that don't actually sign the player in question of the investigation, like the Florida thing with Jaden Rashada, who didn't even sign there, but now Florida is being investigated for it, or Florida State being investigated for Amarius Mims, who entered the portal from Georgia, visited Florida State, and then went back to play for Georgia. Uh, Florida State being investigated. So, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't anticipate. I, I think every good to great player on Michigan's roster is going to at least hear from somebody, right? So, yeah, that's another reason why you don't want to plant that seed of doubt at all. You know, and, and yeah, like I think my the second thing on my checklist was to hold a team meeting. And that's the thing is like I keep seeing this stuff about is there a, there's like a, is there a seven day window due to state law or something that they can't announce him? They have to have a job posting. Yeah, up? I think since it's a public 
institution, there's there's usually a lot of workarounds. So I'd be surprised if Michigan can't find one. But yeah, technically you have to have a job posted publicly for seven days. And so I, I, I'd be surprised if that held up this process. I got to think there's some loophole. I'm Michigan, how many, you know, they got a lot of money in that athletic department. If they can't find their loophole, uh, that would that would surprise right. me. Or if they can't, you know, is there some way that you can announce it without technically announcing it or something? Like, I, there's got to be a, but I guess if that is the case, I don't want to speak in declarative terms, but yeah, I think there is something just because it's a public institution. Either way, doesn't mean you can't hold a team meeting and say, hey, we have to abide by this seven-day rule, but you know you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's no rule against verbally. I guess he could verbally commit, right, uh, to use a recruiting term. But, yeah, the team could be made aware of what, the, what t- type of transition is about to take place. And uh, – I think that would go a long ways in alleviating, you know, I mean, you, it, it took what five minutes for Zach Zinter to come out publicly and say, no interviews needed. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you think about Unanimous re- all American. I mean, yeah. that's, that I mean, carries weight. Right. Big time. So, uh, you know, think about stuff like that and you think, I mean, it's a big roster. Are there a couple guys probably that are going to be at least like, you know, maybe, I don't know, you know, et cetera. But like, for the vast majority, yeah, when you especially you have players of his caliber and of, that have the level of respect that he has in the locker room to come out that quickly. I mean, without a second thought and declare that this shouldn't even be a coaching search. You know, I think, yeah, I, it goes back to the culture that we've talked so much about for Michigan this season. You know, I, we always go back to Aiden Hutchinson, and that's carried over. And the ex- expectation now is you, there are other guys that are going to kind of carry that torch, if you will. You know, and so I think that goes pretty heavily into it as well. Provi- again, this is all provided Sharon is named the head coach, which we fully expect. But, you know, a combination of of a familiar face that the – team respects and the team's already played for along with you know yeah the passing of the torch to to a guy like mason graham actually you know i think if you're michigan yeah you know other schools are probably going to call a guy you're you're almost hoping that he does what you would have thought guys like quorum hutchinson mccarthy would have done to say that almost to be the ones to lead the team meeting to say hey we're not going anywhere you know what i mean so um you know i think that's that's your hope if you're Michigan. But I, I also think at Michigan, where things are right now, the with what they've built there, not just from a talent standpoint, but from just a personality standpoint, the types of guys they have there, there's a much higher chance of something like that happening. Of, of them not even waiting for it to be official for the players to meet on their own and say, hey, like, we're all in still. Either way. Yeah, like I said, I think all things considered, as I've said a few times now, I just think Michigan in a better position to hang on to most of these guys. There may be a couple guys that decide maybe their future is better elsewhere, but hard to fathom it will be players of major, major consequence, I guess. Best way I could put it. Yeah, if you're you're in line for a starting job, I I feel like you got to give it a shot this spring. See what the coaching staff is like. See what the culture is like. You know, see if you can win a starting job. And then you can transfer 
in the spring if you really don't like what what you have experienced so far. I do think the one, you know, because it's funny, like we were joking before we hit record, like probably not doing a hot board story for for Michigan. You know, as we said, it would be disingenuous. They might have to do one for the defensive coordinator job. You know, Jesse Minter, I don't think he said anything publicly, but he kind of he even hinted at it in the locker room after the championship game. And, and you know, and, and you guys have discussed it before you and Sam and Bryce. I mean, he's he's kind of an NFL guy. You know, even if Harbaugh hadn't left for the NFL, I I think there was an expectation that, that he was going to take this opportunity to see if he can land himself an NFL job. I don't think I do think he really enjoys te- teaching and leading younger players. Like, I think he does enjoy the mentorship and, and kind of the, the teaching component, but not somewhat. I think, you know, his schematic prowess, I think his uh, X's and O's know how, you know, and I think his his heart is really on becoming a, an ace high level NFL defensive coordinator. So would not be surprised if he departs, he might follow Jim Harbaugh. He might go coach with John Harbaugh. If, if Mike McDonald leaves, he might follow Mike McDonald. There might other be, be other teams that, that reach out to him. I think I would lean toward him departing. And Steve, I want to get your thoughts on that as well, but also I want to, we we don't have the hot board just quite yet. We'll put together a list of candidates over at the Michigan Insider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. But what what traits do you think are going to be most important in the event Michigan has to obtain a defensive coordinator? Because obviously, if you're Michigan, you have to shoot your shot with Minter. You might have a little bit more money since you don't have to pay Jim Harbaugh. I think he made over $10 million this year with his bonuses. Uh, he might have been over eleven actually. I assume Sharon Moore is not going to command quite as lucrative of a of a contract, at least not at first. You know, similar to Ryan Day, it took him a couple years, and then they then they bumped him up. So you might have a little more money to work with, but in the event that they have to look for a new defensive coordinator, what do you think are the most important traits? Whether it's recruiting, whether it's schematics, whether it's play calling, uh, you know, younger, older. I mean, what are some of the traits you would be looking for if you were in Michigan's shoes, looking potentially looking for a new defensive coordinator? For the actual coordinator, I'm not, it's, it's to me, I mean, I think obviously in a perfect world, you want to keep somebody who's running at least somewhat of a similar scheme. Uh, it's what you've been recruiting towards. It's what's worked, right? I mean, think about how smooth the transition from McDonald to Minter was, right? I mean, two. Oh, yeah, of, it was incredible. Right. <laughs> I mean, again, I don't know if that's even possible, to have that smooth of a transition if Minter is to depart, but I think that should be the number one priority, provided it's not, yeah, obviously at the complete sacrifice of, like, other areas. I'm not convinced that your DC needs to be a super elite recruiter if the rest of your assistants are able. So in that regard, I think it would put a little, not pressure, because I think Michigan can find somebody, obviously, but that linebacker coach spot, I mean, I don't anticipate that Rick Minter will be back, right? Um, let's say you keep Mike Elston. Let's say you keep Clink Scale. We'll see on Jay Harbaugh. I think every report has said that they expect him to, to go. You want to fill those spots with some pretty darn good recruiters, right? 
And again, you can find guys that can recruit at a high level that without sacrificing your coaching. But I think it's the opposite at DC where I think you want to get a guy coaching acumen, in-game ability should be by far, uh, well, should be the number two, three, whatever behind hopefully something that fits a, a guy whose scheme fits the current makeup of the roster, right? Because again, Michigan defensively in particular should be very, very, very good again next year, provided they don't suffer any major losses out of this. Uh, they should be one of the best defenses in the country again. I think, you know, I think in some ways, you know, I'm I'm interested, you know, I, did, I don't know. I think they could potentially be with Barham transferring in at linebacker. Uh, I think Michigan has the chance to, to maybe – I don't think they have a better defense than last year, but or this past season. But you know, I think a guy like Derek Moore still has star potential on the edge. I think I think they could get a better individual season out of him than they got from anybody this year. And I think Josiah Stewart still has, you know. So I think there's a possibility that Michigan's defense could be almost as good as it was last year. Uh, so you know, so you want to be mindful of that when making you know, that kind of hire. So, uh, yeah, those would be my biggest priorities. Recruiting, I think, is much more about the assistance. If you can get, again, if you can get a guy that can do both, that's great. But your assistants can can really kind of be your key guys there. I mean, to be fair, Michigan's kind of, that's kind of the way it's been. I mean, Don Brown was a decent recruiter, uh, particularly on the East Coast where he's comfortable. McDonald, a little more hands-off. Minter, more hands-on than McDonald. But still, again, to me, has always struck me much more as a, a future NFL guy. I just think he just fits the NFL game. And I don't think is the kind of guy that's in love with recruiting. So that's my general idea of what, what I think should happen. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think Michigan has the opportunity to dream big here with its defensive coordinator. I mean, you think about Will Johnson. I think pre, he'll be a preseason All-American. Mason Graham will be a preseason All-American. Kenneth Grant, Derek Moore, you know, Rod Moore, Makari Page, you know, they'll be preseason All-Big Ten, I would assume. You know, Ernest Hausman, I think, you know, and Jay Sean Barham. I mean, you've got – this is a defense that's ready to go out and be a top three defense in the country next year. And if Minter goes, you're talking about the, the in the last three years, two Michigan – defensive coordinators had have been plucked by NFL teams. So if you're an up and coming defensive coordinator, or even an established defensive coordinator, I mean, what an opportunity. And, and we mentioned, you know, they might have more money for a DC than, than, I mean, I don't think Michigan was in a situation where they were running out of money, but if you're not spending money on Jim Harbaugh's salary, how can you increase your salary pool for the defensive coordinator? I think you have a great opportunity. And, you know, one thing Harbaugh always did for his DCs that I think also helped him get some really high quality, high caliber defensive coordinators is they had autonomy. You know, he wasn't over on the defensive side of practice kind of weighing in on stuff. I mean, he he certainly would lead the whole team. But in terms of practices, that was the defensive coordinator's defense. And I would expect Sharon Moore to kind of be the same way. I think he'll be very involved in the offensive identity, especially along the offensive line in the run game in terms of defense. I mean, really name your, 
name a defensive coordinator, I think they would pick up the phone if Michigan called. I really don't think there's one in the country, especially at the college level, um, that would see the defensive personnel Michigan has, that would see the the last couple years, the track record Michigan's defense has developed, and not think and see what Ben Herbert does. Because boy, isn't that nice that you have you know a strength and conditioning coach this highly regarded, you know, able to develop the next Chris Jenkins or the next Mikey Sainer still or or you know the next Kenneth Grant or or whoever. I think this is Michigan has an opportunity to dream big. I don't think there's a candidate out there that if Michigan called, not everyone would join necessarily, but I don't think there's a candidate out there that if Michigan called them, they wouldn't pick up the phone. I really don't. So, yeah, I think I think play calling and, and schematics might be the most important trait, just because you do have personnel in place. You know, if you're, you know, eventually you probably are going to want to have you know, establish a nice identity recruiting, but, but that can be done with assistant coaches, you know, defensive quarter. I mean, this is not a defense that needs to be retooled or restructured, you know, find a, find a coordinator with experience with like a three, four and kind of some big defensive tackles. Cause that's what you got. That's what Michigan's got. You know, how do you, how do you utilize that? How do you utilize the, what I would consider a surplus of talent at safety, you know, with, with Rod Moore, on Sab. Macari Page, maybe others. Um, you know, how do you how do you maximize this year's opportunity? Because I don't think Michigan will be deemed a a favorite to repeat as national champions, but with the twelve team playoff, with some of the other cultural components still in place, think about Sharon Moore potentially, Ben Herbert potentially. I think a, a defensive coordinator can come in here and expect to put together the best defense in the country. So yeah, I think. I think schematic is probably most important just because the pieces are, are by and large in place. And then maybe after a season and you see how they, how everything looks in recruiting, maybe you, you start to reassess or adjust, you know, kind of what you're looking for. But yeah, I mean, this is kind of a turnkey defense. I feel like, I mean, there's, there's a couple position groups or a couple positions that they'll have to replace, but not many, not many, especially if they're able to maintain all these players. Maybe you ask the players who they want. You know, Steve Klingscale's done a phenomenal job. Mike Elston, really hard to argue with the results he's had up front. Maybe you can promote from within. I, I do feel like Michigan, though, there's no candidate that's overqualified for this job. I think every college defensive coordinator in the country would at least take a look at what's going on with Michigan. All right, Steve, we've talked for a long time. Anything else to add or any additional thoughts on Harbaugh's departure? You know, the the what's next for Mich- Michigan? Anything else? No, nah, not really. Time to time for the next era of Michigan football, I suppose. I see Sam just posted on the board. Michigan will meet with coaches tomorrow and then coaches and players. So part of the checklist is already in place, makes total sense. So I think we'll wait for that to take place tomorrow and go from there and see what's next. You know, it is – Pretty hard to it's like it, kind of what you said earlier though, uh, not shocked, but the fact that it's it's happened is pretty pretty eye opening. Uh, kind of closes a pretty amazing chapter on Michigan football though, that's for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, and, and I'm sure if Michigan had its way, doesn't look a lot different than the previous chapter, just because right now they're going into even with all the departures, including the head coach, but also you know. 
17 starters. I can't remember exactly how many it is. You know, they're still viewed as the top three team in the Big Ten. They still have potential All-Americans on their roster. So doesn't need to be a rebuild, doesn't need to be a reset. You know, just kind of try to keep it going. And I will say, it does seem like Michigan is knows this, but there is no reason. College football does not favor teams that dink around or mull decisions or waste time. I mean, the, the faster Michigan can kind of get the next era started, I think the more momentum they can build. You know, you mentioned the recruiting calendar, but also, you know, when does spring practice start? You know, you can you can really seize an opportunity here. It certainly is going to sting in, in a lot of ways for Michigan with Jim Harbaugh leaving, but it doesn't have to be this somber, panic-driven. You know, it doesn't have to be one of those situations. They can keep the ball rolling in a lot of ways. They don't have to do what Jim Harbaugh did in from 2014 to 2015, where he changed the culture, changed the demeanor, changed the mindset of as many players as he could you know you you, a lot of things that are really in Michigan's favor are in place right now so we'll see what the next week looks like of course any breaking news we will have podcasts even you know maybe a week from now we'll might zoom out and just see you know how Michigan has handled everything but for now be sure to check out all of our stories over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com we've got VIP stuff we've got long form stories we've got you know obviously breaking news we're all over For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.